Well, uh, welcome to Podventure Time. My name is Pat. And my name is Ben. Ben, we have watched now 26 episodes of Adventure Time. We've completed season one. Congrats. Congrats to us, really. It's a real accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been a roller coaster. It's been fun. Uh, and this, uh, this episode is going to be all about us wrapping up our feelings about that first season. Yeah, it's our season one wrap-up special. Welcome. I feel like we should have some sort of music here. Maybe we can talk to Will Yates about that. Yeah, yeah, maybe we, we'll use a different Will Yates song for this episode or something. Yeah, okay. Uh, hey, uh, by the way, thank you to our friend Will Yates for uh, giving us our intro and outro music. I've had to go back through a few of the episodes and uh, just insert my voice thanking Will, so let's do it organically in this episode. Thanks, Will. Yeah, thanks, Will. Uh, the song is called Date Night. It's off of his older EP, I Know the Feeling. And uh, if you go to SoundCloud or uh, Bandcamp, I don't remember which one right now, uh, but go to Will, just search for Will Yates, uh, electronic musician, and he's great, and you'll hear his stuff. And hey, Will, make more music so that we can put it in our podcast and uh, give you credit for it. Yeah, you know, Will actually released an EP and a baby within like a month of one another. <laughs> I'm serious. He's like a Superman. He released a baby. <laughs> I don't know what else you'd call it. <laughs> he released it into the wild. Uh, right. Uh, well, congrats. Congrats on both, Will. That's He's fantastic. been very creative That's, of late. <laughs> that is some serious creative chops. Well done. Uh, All right. Well, so, yeah, we're, we're very grateful to Will for allowing us to use his song because it makes our podcast sound cooler. Um so let's uh, let's go ahead and start talking about season one. I think we're going to take this opportunity to kind of look back over the course of the season and, and talk to each other about uh, what we thought about the first season. I'm particularly interested, of course, in how you're feeling about the first season mm-hmm. since this was your first 26 episodes of Adventure Time, and, and I've watched hundreds by now. But uh, I'm really I'm really uh, excited to to hear kind of where you are with the show and what you thought of, of these first 26 episodes. Okay. So I think a, a good place to start is uh, if we think back to our first episode, which was maybe our season one kickoff special, or our entire show kickoff special, uh, you asked me to give an elevator pitch for Adventure Time, and I blew it. So I was thinking that it would be good for you to give me and and our uh, manifold listeners your elevator pitch for the show after season one. So sell us on Adventure Time. All right. So... Imagine a world. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so here's my think. Here's how I would pitch Adventure Time to someone who hasn't heard of it or someone who hasn't seen it before. Uh, I would say this is a children's cartoon that is accessible for adults, where they use absurdist humor and fantasy tropes to actually deal with some pretty macro issues about. Uh, self-identification, self-growth, even a few economic theories tossed in there, um, all under the guise of being pretty much a goofball cartoon show. 
And yeah. I think that would be that's how I would wrap. That's my that's it right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. Yeah, I think that's you know the elevator door is is dinging and opening, and I think that that's uh, that's a lot better than what I did. Well, so, um, yeah, well, and and I you know I missed what I think what I would add in is that um, it's funny. Like it's I, I for, probably should have added that somewhere in there. I kept calling it goofball, which implied funny in my head, but it's funny. Yeah, I think it's it's legitimately funny in 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 many ways. Mm-hmm. It's been fun to dive in, like to I get where you were going. I hear like I know that when you pitched it at the beginning of the of the podcast, you probably erred on the side of not wanting to reveal too much about the show. But now I kind of get where you're going with the pitch. Um, oh, okay. I, see, I mean, I see where I see where you're hitting it. You still did a pretty bad job, but it was. Uh, it, yeah, no but, one's denying that. Yeah, but I get, but I get where you're heading. And on the whole, I think I pretty much agree with how you kind of assessed it um, at the beginning. Okay, good. And I think that a lot of uh, the good things that I was saying about the show, particularly some of the more uh, in-depth character developments, we uh-huh. really start to see um, in later seasons. Actually, I, I just watched episode one of season two, and uh, we get like right off the bat some heavy character stuff in, in episode one. So I'm super excited to um, dive into season two. But before we do that, let's go ahead and wrap up season one. I think we have some questions for one another, which we haven't shared with, with each other yet, yeah. uh, but that we, um, we, wanna, to talk, we each want to talk about with the other. So since you just gave your pitch, why don't you go ahead and, and ask me the first question, and then we can alternate, Okay. and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about season one. All right, so my first one's just easy, um, and it's actually, it, it also harkens back to episode one of our podcast, and so I think that this is, it's a good time to do this. Where the hell is Abraham Lincoln? Oh, yeah. So Abraham Lincoln, I don't know when he first shows up. Uh, But again, he's not called Abraham Lincoln. He's just readily recognizable as Abraham Lincoln. Uh, And so I don't want to say too much about that character. Um, I don't remember when he first shows up, but he's a a repeat player. He he will... um, All right. I think, you know, I just watched season... Eight, and I'm pretty sure that Honest Abe shows up in season eight. So I feel he, like a he's lot, around. I feel like a lot of your pitch for this show is always like, "Oh, season two is really where is really yeah. where it takes off." It's, it's like yeah. this is this is you have been there's a there's a bait and switch element to your whole style here that is uh, is unsettling, sir. Yeah, I I didn't really realize actually uh, when I was selling this to you because i hadn't gone back and systematically watched season one in a long time sure. I, I didn't remember kind of how uh goofy and cartoony it starts off yeah so does and i'm not i don't want to take like two questions here is now i'll hold my question you you get to ask one I'll, I, i've got another question now that i hadn't written okay. down before but you short answer is short answer is abe is coming all right uh, but i'm not not quite sure when so right. uh my first question for you is about Ice King, and it's very general about Ice King. Just mm. tell me, who is Ice King in your mind, and what role does he play in the show? So Ice King, in my mind, is the... Um, he is the default villain in this show to me. He is the go-to villain that, when they don't have a specific monster or thing that they want to do with an episode... Ice King is a reliably weird and evil character that they can always that they can always insert and like 
into a situation. Um, okay. So I think he is like, he's like the Gargamel of the Smurfs universe. Like he is the ever present villain. Okay. And he's way more funny than Gargamel. So don't, I'm not trying to be reductive here, but, uh, I think he's just like, he's a fixture of the world. And as we saw in like tons of the episodes, like he's got layers for sure of like, he's, he's so, his, his, He's so uh, wrapped up in his own ego that, like, he can—he's an amazing foil for a bunch of things. Um, but that's yeah. what I would say. Like, that—that's that's how I see Ice King. He's like this—he's a constant at this point in the series. He's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's ever present and ever willing to be the—to be the evil thing that's happening in an episode. So I'm—I'm I'm very curious, actually. You've used the word twice now. Is—is is Ice King unqualifiedly evil in your mind? No, uh, he's the evil trope. Like he, he's the, he, he satisfies the trope of having a villain, but is he evil? Huh. Think about, you know, like, like the Ricardio episode, I think, um, was the, maybe the first time where we saw a little bit more of a, of a complicated situation for Ice King. I think it comes down to whether or not, like, so he's clearly... He's clearly has like um a mental illness. And so he's a sociopath. Right. And so the question comes down to like do do you have to do you still hold him accountable even though he has a he's essentially sick. Uh right. And I think I don't think I can go so far as to just call him unqualified, like like unreservedly evil. Um, mm-hmm. But there is no doubt that like th- his actions are unreservedly selfish, and I have little I have little sympathy for like the punishment he gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, do I think he is like pure evil? No, he's not. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree, and, and with the benefit of all the hindsight I have, I think you're you're very much on the right track with Ice King. He is much more of a egomaniac and a sociopath, and he's extremely selfish, more so than he is. You know, he's not like Mumra or anybody who's going to say you know evil will triumph today. Mm-hmm. Most bad guys, I suppose, think they're the good guys, but Ice King in particular, I think, has some redeeming qualities and doesn't do anything out of malice really i i think that he has plenty of malice uh in the way that he behaves but that's all in in pursuit of his own goals rather than uh being i think against anyone else yeah but i i mean it he's always going to be like as a society like he's an in like you society cannot tolerate ice king like they cannot they cannot just let him be is the thing though like he cannot just be unchecked so there's got to be because he's got power. He's he's got powers, and he's so selfish that like he will do things that harm other people. Like so, if if he's left to his own devices, he may just get elected president. Uh, Speaking of what sociopaths do, indeed, indeed, uh, yeah. Hashtag oh God. resist. Oh God, that's a. Uh... That's a new level that I hadn't even occurred to me. Yeah, I kind of just put those two things together, and okay. I'm not sure I like where it's going. So, okay, <laughs> let's move right on to your second question. All right, I have a second question. All right, I, I told you I, I like one popped into my head, but I'm gonna save that. My question for you is: 
how does this show make you feel? Oh, that's that's a good question. So for me, I, and this is something that I, I think I have realized um, over the course of watching these episodes and, and discussing them, um, you know, I think I was faced with this sort of dilemma where the things that I had tried, and you know, we, we talked about this earlier, the things that I had tried to sell you on the show uh, or about the show, um, they don't happen very much in season one. You know, all this rich character development that I allege is coming, it's coming, I promise. You know, season one is is pretty cartoony, but uh, it did give me the same feeling that I that I get from the best episodes of Adventure Time very frequently. And that is, you know, for me, Adventure Time is pure escapism. It is a show that I can come home at the end of a long day or after reading something troubling or or whatever it might be that's got me upset and in my head. And I can turn on Adventure Time and one or two episodes in, I have mostly forgotten about whatever is bothering me, and I can just sort of escape into the world of ooh for as long as I uh, can sit there and and watch TV. Um, So I think the main thing that Adventure Time makes me feel is, I don't know, peaceful, I guess. Um, You know, the things that were bothering me kind of stop bothering me because I can just hang out with Finn and Jake. And it does make me happy. But I think really, you know, whether there's character development or not, or whether there's um, a particularly poignant theme, or they do the theme very well, uh, regardless of any of those things that I, uh, where I appreciate the show on a more intellectual level, I really like just being able to uh, tune in and tune out or whatever it is that, was it Tom Wolf or somebody said about it like that? Sure. Yeah. It's close enough. Yeah. Our parents would know who said something like that. Yeah. It's certainly some hippie. Close enough that, and I don't remember the rest of it either, so I'm not gonna not gonna try to call you on it. If I can, a follow up question: Is this a unique feeling to this show, or is that like something you've is like other call it pop culture doesn't have to be TV? Uh, is it a feeling you've ever had before? Is it unique to Adventure Time? Is it just like no, sure. this is just how I feel when I when I see when I'm with things that I like? Yeah, I think um, most of my entertainment at this point is pretty escapist. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of things that I will put on in the evening uh, when I'm tired or, or depressed or whatever it might be are things that I don't really have to pay attention to where I can just kind of zone out. Um, and so, you know, I'll put on a, you know, whatever comic book movie is on Netflix or, or whatever, you know, I'll watch Lord of the Rings or something like that, where it's just sort of visually interesting and um, something that I've seen before. But with Adventure Time, I think that it has it's it's unique in that there's so much of it and so i do feel like i could watch adventure time for like 24 hours and never really come up for air um i'm not sure exactly how many hours of of television the show has produced by now but you know where i can only watch the avengers so many times before it's like all right i need something else i do kind of feel like I, I don't get tired of Adventure Time. It's it's unique in its ability to continually allow me to escape into its world. All right. So like you would be all for like the FXX like all Simpsons channel. But, oh yeah. But like Adventure Time channel. Yes, absolutely. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. You know, doing this, I was kind of forced to figure out what it is that I like about the show, mm-hmm. and I I kind of realized that all the the heady stuff that I've been trying to sell was less important to my positive feeling about the show than just my ability to escape into the world of ooh and yeah. be sort of 
just enchanted by it. Yeah, well, frankly, I should have asked that question, like, on episode two, so don't... Yeah, well, I I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you that after episode two. Like, I would have said, oh, well, it makes me feel, you know, very uh, invested in the characters or something like that, Mm -hmm. Um, when, you know, I really enjoy episode one, even though it was basically nothing like what I was trying to sell you on. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. All right, season one. Yeah. Yeah, so my second question for you is, now that you are... A seasoned Adventure Time viewer, or at least uh, one season of it, and and I know that you've been playing Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked you in the first episode whether the Lich was a real or a made-up Adventure Time character, and we revealed that the Lich is indeed an Adventure Time character. So, does that word ring any more bells for you now than it did uh, however many months ago it was that we watched the first episode? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, now I feel way more invested. And I think we've talked about this a little bit in some of the subsequent episodes. I think it even came up maybe the one of the most, one of the last episodes. Uh, Billy, his song is that he kills or fights the Lich King. And so, yeah, totally. I feel way more uh, competent, I suppose, in the fantasy tropes. Mm-hmm. And that is purely from jumping into Dungeons and Dragons a little bit. You just learn like, oh wow, yeah, this is like the granddaddy of a lot of a lot of fantasy stuff out there. Yeah. A lot of fantasy culture. So yeah, totally get what the lich is now. Understand essentially what the what the character will be in terms of how it's built or like just like it's like what it is. And so I will probably not be surprised anymore about like how that how the lich behaves going forward i mean like it'll still i don't know how they'll use it in the adventure time universe but like yeah i get i get what it is i'm i'm ready for it now awesome is it happening soon can i ask uh i don't think so i think that the lich maybe shows up like in season four Mm -hmm. is is a lot about the lich it's coming yeah yeah it's coming i promise uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh everything (laughs) everything Okay, question for you is, uh, when did you, if you ever did, stop being nervous that I would like the show? Mm. You know, I think pretty early on. Um, A, because the first couple episodes seemed to go pretty well. Uh, and, And B, because you're such a good sport that I never really worried that much. Like... I figured that even if you weren't totally into the show, we could at least have good conversations about it. And that, that certainly proved to be true, the good conversation part. Regardless of, of how we felt about particular episodes, I think that we, we enjoyed talking to one another about it. So I was never terribly worried, I guess. And once it became clear that, that this this was kind of going to work and that you were watching it and appreciating it on at least to some degree on the same level that, that I was. Um, it really wasn't a worry for me that, that you weren't going to like it. I, I did worry, I think, that... Well, I, I'm still worried that all the things that I keep saying are going to happen uh, haven't happened yet. <laughs> and so at, at some point, you're going to get tired of, of me saying that. And that, that worries me a little bit, you know, like I just talked about the Lich, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I think maybe season four. So my... My problem is that I look back uh, on seven seasons now, eight seasons of the show, and everything qu- kind of melts together. And so I just expected—I I think I 
didn't realize at first that you would not just sort of fall into the world in the same way that I was able to, having watched hundreds of episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was never worried. I don't think terribly that you wouldn't like it, but I was glad to learn as we went on that um, even the the goofy, cartoony season one of the show still yielded a lot of stuff that we could talk about. Got it. Well, that's going to make this episode extra awkward because unfortunately it will be our last. Oh, God. All right. Well, uh, Just... how do you feel about Steven Universe? <laughs> let's, let's figure out something else to watch. Uh, no, just kidding. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think that the experiment that we've been doing, the, the, that we've sort of ostensibly been running here, I think that ended at some point mid season. Yeah. And yeah, I am I'm fully capable of talking about these episodes. There are still ones that I like a lot more than others. And, Absolutely. And I will say that it is not like my favorite show yet. But I have enough reasons to keep watching, one of which that I enjoy it. Uh, it's, not, it's not just homework for me. Good. And uh, yeah, maybe one, maybe, one day, uh, maybe one day I'll get to, get to catch a glimpse of one of these amazing, uh, amazing episodes that you keep talking about. Yeah, no, I think season six is when really you'll be able to dive into it. <laughs> yep. It's really starting to take shape around season eight. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now that we've talked about how shallow the characters are in season one, that leads me directly into my third question for you. Mm-hmm. It's a two-part question. Okay. It's really just tell me about your thoughts on the characters, but I guess the way that I would phrase it is, one, who are your maybe top two or three favorite characters? And the second part is, do you recognize everybody in the show's intro now? Okay. Um, it's easier for me to ask, answer the second part first, so I will. Mm-hmm. I think I recognize everyone, but there seems to be some kind of snow monster that I don't think I've seen, like a yeti of some kind. Oh, yeah. That, that guy pops up in the episode where Jay, Finn and Jake, it starts off with them sledding through the Ice Kingdom. Oh, they actually, yeah. The reason that I remember that guy is because they plow into him and they knock his head off and his tongue is like sticking out of the bottom of his jaw or whatever, out of his neck, and it's really um, weird. Yeah. Uh, so I remember that that big snow monster, but he's not really a character. Okay. Um, that's the only time that I can remember him appearing is when they knock his head off and his tongue flails about, and it left an impression on me for whatever reason. But yeah, I think that, that that's okay that you don't recognize the snow monster, but if you recognize everybody else, then I think they went ahead and got everybody into season one. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been weird for them to have animated an intro that like they didn't know they were going to get a second season. So it Right, it had, would, <laughs> had yeah. characters they had yet to create and yeah. put into the show. Yeah, I think I get all of them now. Okay, so knowing all the characters, yeah. who are your favorites? Uh, okay, so favorites. I like the... There's some one-off characters that are like... I'll call them really ancillary characters that I really like. The the Duke of Nuts, I really like. Oh, yeah. And really the whole Nut Kingdom, I think, is great. It's just like they just make so many stupid jokes with it that I can't not like it. Um, mm-hmm. So I like the nut, the Duke of Nuts. I really like... The Rainicorn. Mm-hmm. Lady Rainicorn, that is. Uh, I like her a lot. Where do you think her relationship with Jake is going? Well, like... <laughs> uh, 
like in a way where like she'll be his girlfriend when they need him or her to be his girlfriend like i don't Fair. see like there's not like a ton of like arc like they they brought her in for one episode and i haven't seen her a ton since except maybe like uh maybe the princess was riding on her once or twice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i like those two characters a lot finn and jake like aren't my favorite characters is maybe a weird thing to say but like Finn and Jake are always there. Like, it's not that I don't enjoy watching it, because if, if I didn't like Finn and Jake, I probably wouldn't like the show. But, right. But they're not my favorite, and maybe it's just because, like, I'm not surprised by them a yeah. ton. Yeah, and to a certain extent, they exist in the universe to have things happen to and bounce off of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. The show's so full of, like, interesting characters that to be too enamored i think with finn and jake is to sort mm-hmm. of miss the point of the show yeah i like the ice king i like uh what's his penguin's friend's name gunter gunter i know gunter doesn't exist like doesn't do a ton but like i kind of like gunter a lot <laughs> yeah and ice king's relationship to his penguins is very interesting to me even in season one as well yeah those are the ones that i, I think those are the ones that i enjoy just the most purely just those yeah. those characters just like are pure fun mm-hmm so what I'm curious actually, what about Lady Rainicorn really jumped out at you as as pure fun? Well, the bit of the translator with the old man voice oh, just yeah. <laughs> just is too much, right? Like Oh like, yeah, and then there's like the the screeching alien or whatever yeah. that was like horror or whatever. Right. But like uh the like the fact that she's speaking and I don't know what I mean it may be real Korean or real Japanese, I don't know. Uh Yeah, it's Korean. Okay. The fact that she just speaks Korean is fun, and then the fact that like they just like translate that into like that other voice. I mean, I it's just I, I can't. I haven't lost it. I haven't lost it from my head. It's amazing. Yeah. It's interesting to me actually that Jake is somehow fluent in Korean. Yeah, I mean, Jake has like infinite powers as far as I can tell, though. So like he may know every language for all I know. That's true. I guess I guess I've I've focused on him being able to stretch his body, but maybe he's able to stretch his mind just as far. And if he and if he is indeed a figment or a creation of of of, uh, of Finn's imagination, as I've posited every once in a while, then I think infinite power or infinite infinite wisdom might might be something that he'd be imbued with. Sure, I guess he would know everything that Finn knows anyway. Or or like everything that Finn would want to know. Like, sure. he, like he would be like the ideal state. That was my instinct when you said who's your favorite. I wanted, to, I went to the ones that just like made me laugh the most uh, mm-hmm. and made me like just like I had no reason, like I have no reason not to like them. I, I get kind of bummed out when Princess Bubblegum, like it's it, like she doesn't like depress me, but like she her storylines and maybe it's because it's too much of a trope of like the princess and the and the hero storyline that like okay I got it. But mm-hmm. like it's her storylines have felt, I don't know, plotting to me uh, okay. so far. So what about authoritarian Princess Bubblegum? Who yeah, we that, encountered I think one time in yeah, this season. That that has more potential for me to like it. Uh, for or that that has more potential as like that is moving beyond the trope. Of yeah, there or in in fact like deliberately like breaking down the trope. Yeah, where do you think Finn and PB's relationship is headed? Definitely not any sort of, like, functional romantic relationship. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to... 
even if they did date for an episode, I don't think it can last for more than an episode. Like, I don't think that they, I, I can't see them being a multi-episode couple or something like that. Like, it just would flame out too quickly. Yeah, so maybe just sort of a Ross and Rachel will they, won't they kind of thing. Maybe, yeah. Or like Ross and Rachel, uh, they <laughs> these two are incredibly dysfunctional in their own ways and just like it's never going to happen. Yeah. Or, or like they, it, every time they try, it just explodes in their face kind of thing. But yeah, I think authoritarian Princess Bubblegum, exploring that space sounds uh, sounds fun to me more so than you're my you're my hero Finn kind Absolutely. of Princess Bubblegum. I think I let on a little bit that authoritarian PB will pop up again. Okay. And the and the Finn and Princess Bubblegum relationship does go to some places. I will I will say that much. Okay. Um, I have to bring up Marceline here since I think that she's probably my favorite character in the show. Okay. Um, I don't remember really how many times we saw her in the first season. I think maybe it wasn't more than two or three. I think she had, I think she had two episodes where she was certainly like the f- a focal point of the episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like there's the first one where you meet her. That's just one. And then there's the other one where Finn's her henchman. Yeah. I, oh, you know what? That's actually a, a, a question that, that I screened out of my of my questions that I was going to ask you, but I think it's one that we can both answer. I'll go ahead and, and tell you that Henchman, I think, is probably my favorite episode from season one. Oh. Um, I really like Marceline. The way that being her henchman is such like this moral battle for Finn really intrigues and amuses me at the same time. So I really liked that episode. Do you have a favorite from the first season? A favorite episode? Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have had this prepared. I My mind immediately went to... Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do two episodes again. Yep. I, I think Businessmen uh-huh. was the first episode that I was like, uh, oh, this they're talking about something bigger here. Like there was the first glimpse of the promise you had made was sort of like sure. being, being fulfilled. But I also I think my my still my favorite just like laugh out loud episode is is Lady Rainicorn, the first that episode like just yeah. the. That was just too funny. But you, you, were you kind of asking like how I feel about Marceline as well? Oh yeah, just just kind of curious. Um, just, In a, you know, beating yeah. my hobby horse. She, she's yeah, sure she's uh, she's one of the characters that I find that is most intellectually and like interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, like I look forward to episodes that she is featured. So yeah, like from that standpoint, she's a great character. I think cool. Good. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, at, at the end of our, our regular episodes, we always kind of check in with, with where you are for the show. So I think that there are uh, two kind of check-ins that we do. The first is we mentioned a little bit earlier your your dreamscape theory. Mm. So I want you to talk about that, and then I just want you to, to check in with uh, where you are with the show after one season, 26 episodes are in the bank. Okay. All right. So... Like, we haven't watched a new episode, so I don't have, like, new material to add into the the meta-universe that I'm creating here. Mm-hmm. It's often, a, it's a little maddening that you're so coy with just these mm-hmms when I say these kind of things. So I have no idea. It's like, I want to know, like, how right am I? How wrong am I? Maybe, can you answer me? Maybe this would give too much away. Like, will I ever be... I, th- I guess if I said, will I ever know if I'm right or wrong, like, the only way... The only way that, that could go is like yes, because like if yeah, yeah. So, so you can't you can't, you can't prove uh, a negative. Yeah, but yeah. I, I will say 
we get a better idea of what's going on as the show goes on. Although I, I, I think that that doesn't happen for quite a while. Okay, sure. So I don't want to, I don't want to mislead you and make you think that in season two, episode one, we're going to find out whether Ben's dreamscape theory holds up or not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair. But as we, as we get more data, I think that we, we learn more about Ooh and what it's all about. Okay. Fair. Let's just sort of level set of where I think the theory is at the moment and like the, yep. the details that I'm, I'm willing to kind of put a stake in the ground about. So I realize that I'm kind of trying to turn Adventure Time into like Calvin and Hobbes a little bit um, mm, yep. in that sense of just like this is an imagination world that's being created by a boy. I don't think in this case, though, that like Jake represents a stuffed dog in some other real universe that Finn exists in. But I'm I think, very, I'm very interested in this though. So, how do you see Jake's role in Finn's life compared to Hobbes's role in Calvin's life? Um, or, or to their, to their respective minds, I suppose. Yeah. So, it's similar. Like, I, like I can't, I can't deny the similarities. Um, Hobbes was much more of a. Hobbes was less of an enabler. I think than yes. Jake is. That's exactly what I was thinking. Actually, is yeah. Is Hobbes is sort of Calvin's conscience and to uh, a point. Like, but Hobbes would. I mean, Hobbes is up for a, a good game of Calvin ball and whatever too, though. Oh like, yeah. Um, but I do think that Hobbes restrains some of Calvin's more, well, sociopathic yeah, <laughs> yeah. impulses, uh, which you know, I think that there's a you probably live this every day i think there's a really good onion headline that's something like you know study shows that 100 percent of three-year-olds are sociopaths <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah exactly right totally um, incapable of understanding anyone's feelings but their own mm-hmm. uh, and i think to the extent that calvin is a six-year-old and and therefore a sociopath um hobbes is sort of a grounding influence for him and 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 sort of his conscience whereas i i was thinking the exact same thing is that jake is more uh, of an enabler of Finn than Hobbes is of Calvin. Jake, I think, eggs Finn on quite a bit, whereas Hobbes went along with Calvin, but I think that his role typically was to question Calvin's underlying assumptions. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so the universe that I have built, this house of cards that I have built in my mind, is that Finn is a real boy living in a universe not unlike the universe that we inhabit. And that Ooh represents a escapist imagination world that he has created. Either I don't know if it's when he's dreaming or if it's just when he's daydreaming or if it even matters what that when it mm-hmm. happens. And that several of the characters are representations of real people or real things in Finn's real life. Uh, okay. So I would say that Jake represents, as best I can tell, a older brother who is of relatively close age to Finn. Like if Finn's what, 11, 12, 12, if Finn's 12, I would guess that Finn has a brother in the 14 to 16 year old age range. And that's, and Jake is a, and named, we'll call it, say the brother's name, Jake, Jake's a representation of that. So, so a high school, middle school kind of brother relationship. Right. And so like one that also like has not reached a level of maturity to be a level to be like Finn's conscience in any way. Right. Um, and 
is still fun is still fine with like playing with his younger brother as well so like Mm -hmm. i think that that is a i think that's that's jake's role i think that mar well princess bubblegum i think represents maybe not a particular girl but like the idea of uh like finn's awakening sexuality and noticing girls in general and she's just a representation of that yeah and i think that that finn's appreciation for for girls at this point is mostly as sort of a, a an object or or a person that you need to go get or save uh-huh indeed i think marceline is an older sister who has gone away to college and comes back at holiday breaks or mm-hmm. whatever and is very interested in still teasing a younger brother but also in imparting the newfound worldly knowledge that she has acquired and she uh holds a level of respect or some sort of like esteem she's up on a pedestal a bit to to finn yeah then i'm trying to think if there's any other family members that i think are represented i you know ice king is so prevalent man i don't think i've discussed this but i'm i'm gonna toss out something that like i wonder if does ice king represent finn's worst tendencies his worst self okay but i don't think that uh, this is not fully formed so don't hold me to this one um but like everything else though you're going to be held accountable for no i know and like i'll be kicked off the podcast if i'm wrong i get it i um (laughs) the uh i just had this thought though that like ice king does a lot of the same things that finn does like chase after a princess want to like get hyper violent has a very self-centered worldview at certain times or things Mm -hmm. like that and he's just completely unchecked though like he does not have jake he does not have a friend or anyone to call him call him on it yeah i i I do think that that finn and ice king to some degree are opposite sides of the same coin yeah Um, ice king is without finn's sense of uh duty I think yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, is that, you know, when Finn is going to go rescue or grab or whatever a princess, it's because he sees that as something that he must do as a hero more so than something that he has to do for himself, which okay. everything that Ice King does is totally about him. Okay. So then I, yeah, you're right. And so maybe, so maybe Ice King is not Finn, uh, like Finn's alter self or like a different part of Finn. Maybe I'm going to say Finn, Ice King represents some sort of peer in Finn's life. Uh, yeah. A bully or a rival that may... And Ice King is is certainly, like, is, is unquestionably defeatable in Finn's world. Like, Finn, right. Finn is never afraid of Ice King in general. Like, he's always ready to fight and ready to beat him and pretty easily beat him. And so maybe he represents a a rival and is a... He's a he's a wish fulfillment kind of rival, like a a rival that I can always beat. And maybe that doesn't exist in Finn's world. Maybe Finn doesn't have a rival that he can beat. Maybe he has a rival that he can't beat or a bully that he doesn't like and can't, can't get past. And so he creates a bully that he is, that he can beat up all the time. Interesting. All right. Uh, I think that's about as far as I can go with it at this point. Well, that's, that's plenty far. Yeah. You know, you're, you're 26 episodes into the the season and you've got a whole uh, cosmology that you've, that you've come up with. So All right. uh, I like it. I like it. I like where you're going. All right, cool. I don't even remember. What was the, se- what was the second part of your question? Uh, so where are you with the show? Oh, right. I am, 
I am certainly looking forward to this pr- promise of character development paying off. Uh, no, I think it is. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, I think for the first half of this season, it was a. It was more on the realm of homework that I was willing to do because I enjoyed talking about the episodes with you. Uh-huh. I have moved past that, and there's been several episodes that like pushed me past that. I would say that right now I am a enjoyer of the show, but I don't know that I am at the point where I would unprompted recommend it to someone else. Fair enough. I think I would, would be... I'm would at, you, yeah. absent the podcast, go on and watch season two? Uh, yeah, I would. Yes. Awesome. Easy. Well, e- yes. And I think, I think that the experiment worked then. It, yeah. Even if you wouldn't be a proselytizer for, uh, yeah. for Adventure Time, the fact that you would continue to watch, I think that the, the first season worked then. Yeah, it did. It's, it's an easy show to watch, too. Like, the, the, end, yes. the barrier to entry here is low. They're 10 minutes episodes. So I think that it has that, it had that going for it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I would watch season two without you forcing me to. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am, uh, quite looking forward to season two. Like I said, I just watched the first couple episodes and episode one, man, we get right down to it. All right. Well, one of the things, one, one last question I had written down is like, are there anything that you want to, I don't know how much of season two you've rewatched at this point, but what are you most excited for about season two without, you know, you don't have to give away things or spoilers, but is there anything in particular? uh, I think I won't be giving away too much if I say that episode one is heavy on Marceline character development, actually. Okay. She's really one of my favorite characters in the whole universe. So I'm very excited um, for her to become more of a real thing than just kind of dropping in every once in a while. Your big sister theory is, uh, in many ways, I think, right on. Okay. And learning more about Marceline, I'm not sure how that might change your your theory, but I'm very excited to to see where it goes with Marceline in season two. And I'm just excited to stop being such a liar. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Hopefully season two will fulfill some of the promises that I keep making. Okay. This is season two. You're putting a lot on season two now. I know. And, and we'll see. Because um, you're right. I haven't rewatched all of it. Um, I've just started. But the, the first episode, man, it's a good one. I, I'm, I'm super excited about that one. Awesome. Well, I am too. I hope the rest of you out there are as well. Thanks for listening to season one of Podventure Time. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you for, for joining me on this journey. I'm very glad that uh, that we made this happen and we made it work. I've, yeah, me I've too. thoroughly enjoyed myself. Indeed. I hope you've all listened, enjoyed listening to us as much as we've enjoyed listening to ourselves talk. And I've been listening to us talk a lot because I've been editing episodes. <laughs> yes. There's, there's a lot of us talking. All right. Well, as always, I think we should go ahead and sign off and uh, and let... We'll we'll get cracking on season two here in a, in a little bit. Yeah, we'll see you soon with season two of Podventure Time. But until then, I've been Pat. And I've been Ben. And this has been Podventure Time, and I don't have a good quote for this one because we didn't watch anything. Mm-hmm.